All right, you're back in the DFSR. It's an NFL podcast on the Overtime Media Network, broadcasting live from the Vivid Seats Lounge. I'm Doug Norrie. That is James Davis, who's sitting in a place other than his home office today. He got a little power failure, but my man's got multiple offices. Like, he just doesn't, his one office lose power? Just go across town to your other office. Are you feeling kind of baller status right now that you have multiple places to go that you can record a podcast? I feel like I don't I feel like I feel like if my power went out where I am right now, we would just not be doing the podcast. But you just got in the car, buddy, and just made it happen. I, I'm, yeah, I, buddy, I, nothing, I, nothing more baller than shuffling out of my house, holding my computer and microphone just in my hands. No case at all. Just wires dangling off both sides. Uh, I think my belt might not have been totally buckled because normally I don't wear pants while we're doing the podcast. There we go. And I'm like stepping on the back of the heels of my shoes, too. As I shuffle out to the car, because I'm just trying to race over here to get here, podcast very quickly, and then race back home to watch my kids for the day. So, yes, Doug, to answer your question, I look feel like an absolute baller right now. The chance to, you know, kind of like uh, signal a baller lifestyle went completely out the window there. There was a chance to do something, but you actually went completely the other way, which I, I appreciate. Yeah. I, pre- I appreciate the honesty behind it. Uh, but if the acoustics are a little weird in the background, that is why... Uh, if you hear, if it feels a little echoey, we're just recording in a slightly, or he, James is recording in a slightly different space. No matter, it's the content that you came here for. Cash Game Podcast for Week 6, FanDuel and DraftKings. 8-2 and two record between FanDuel and DraftKings main slates so far this year, uh, which is one of our best starts that we've had uh, really any season. Feeling very confident with the process right now. Feeling very confident with just kind of where we're landing on plays, whether they're on the chalk or off. And we've been... Uh, we've been we've landed on spots of, uh, on the chalk. We've landed off of the chalk, and it really kind of hasn't mattered too much. I think that it just really speaks to we're trusting our process maybe more than industry consensus at times. Do you feel that way? And like, do you feel after looking at this slate that there's going to be, you know, like two weeks ago we thought there was going to be massive chalk. There was last week. It didn't seem like that was going to be the case outside of a couple plays. What do you what are your overall feelings about maybe how? Ownership kind of shakes out this week. It is a little bit of a weird week. Four teams on a bye plus the early London game starting at 9.30 Eastern on Sunday. Yeah, I think it's going to definitely be a week with more spread and ownership, if only just because, you know, some of the chalk plays from previous weeks aren't on the main slate. So, you know, if the Jets are on a bye, no worries. Uh, maybe you have fewer pickings when it comes to picking defenses for your DFS teams, but you'll make it by. But someone like Christian McCaffrey, who's been, you know, uh, just an absolute staple of cash games for us all season long. You know, hi, even him going down, and we've talked about how thin running back can be this year, uh, that really starts knocking down the dominoes pretty quickly. So uh, I actually feel pretty confident in our cash game lineups right now, but I could see people going in a number of different directions. There's only 10 games on the main slate right now, and actually there's really only nine because one of them is Washington and Miami, and so I don't think you're really worried <laughs> about, like, there's really, so it's, we can just be, just shave that game right off. Although there's some interesting, sure. like, I think you wrote it up because there's some interesting defense and special team stuff there because both those teams are so incredibly brutal. Yeah. Um, but we're, I don't think we're going to talk. That's going to be a quick one on the old game-by-game podcast that we're going to throw out there tomorrow. Let's start off with quarterback. We have... Um, we have an interesting game here. Like last week, we went, we we played Andy Dalton on DraftKings against the Cardinals, mostly because the Cardinals have been pretty brutal against starting quarterbacks this season. Really, that doesn't change that much. Dalton ended up throwing two touchdowns. Now the Cardinals and the the Cardinals and the Falcons face each other. The Falcons just got absolutely demolished by Deshaun Watson in in Week Five. He threw he put up like fifty or he put up like I don't know, 45, 50 fantasy points, something like that. Will Fuller had the game of his life. Do you think we see a lot of ownership around Kyler Murray and Matt Ryan? Those are the two first two guys I wrote up here. No defense, some kind of faster pace offenses. These guys have thrown a lot of passes this season. 
do you have thoughts here one way or the other? I can make a case for both, but I'm wondering what you think when you see these two names kind of showing up at the top of our cash game article. Yeah, so I think for starters, you've seen ownership on both at different times this season in cash games. So it's certainly not out of the question. Uh, right now, and you know, DFS in general, I think we have very polarizing matchups because different teams are using very different strategies from one another. You know, the Cardinals have been the poster child of this, uh, bringing on Cliff Kingsbury this year where the possessions have gone up and, you know, they're running plays early in the clock and so on. And this has caused a lot of plays for the other team as well. And so Kyler Murray, I think, I actually haven't read your write-up of him yet, but I'm sure it's excellent, Doug, and people should check it out for themselves uh, by heading on over to DFSR.com. But as I look at his game log, you know, he's not the, not the image of consistency necessarily when it comes to real-life football production, but for fantasy production, it's really pretty much been there, right? I mean, aside from a 16-point fantasy week against a very tough Baltimore defense, he's kind of shown up every week. <laughs> and uh, it's a very heartening sign against Cincinnati that they're ready to let him out, get out there and run the ball 10 times. Uh, the question mark I had early in the season was whether or not he was really going to run as much as advertised. You know, people were trying to submit him as actually, no, he's a pocket passer, and you know that's how he's really going to do his major damage. Of course, when you get to the NFL and things speed up, sometimes that's not always going to work out as well. So I love seeing him get out there and run 10 times last game, putting up 93 yards and a touchdown, uh, rushing touchdowns in back-to-back games. I certainly think like he's that his stock is rising right now. Uh, Atlanta, great matchup as well, so certainly happy to play him. Yeah, so here's the thing about Kyler Murray, and I wrote the good thing you didn't read it because now I can just repeat it as if this didn't happen in the article. But Kyler Murray right now is the ninth overall fantasy scoring quarterback on the season, which isn't that great, except that when you look at the touchdown passes for everyone ahead of him, it's basically 12, five or six guys have, five guys have 11, uh, and then one guy has 10. Murray has four, four touchdown passes on the season, and he's ranked uh, in the top 10 overall in scoring. Now, I don't think all of a sudden you're just going to see this massive spike in touchdowns from him because, again, the offense is still pretty bad. But it's un- I do think it's somewhat unreasonable to think that he's this far behind the rest of the group, especially considering the yards are basically the same. He's a few hundred yards behind these guys ahead of him, but nothing like crazy. Like He has the same amount of passing yards basically as Deshaun Watson this season. De- Watson has 11 touchdowns. Murray has four. They've been really terrible in the red zone. I do not think that continues. I think that we actually haven't maybe seen a spike game for him yet if he does turn this one stat around. So I- I'm not going to just like go all regression here on them. And I also think that it's very reasonable to expect that these touchdowns only increase and maybe dramatically on a game-by-game basis. Does that make sense? Like, is that enough to sell you? Because, like, again, the rushing yards are there. He's the second overall rusher in the NFL from the quarterback position. The fact that he's this far behind on touchdowns and the yards aren't crazy, and it's like not even the conversion, like 63% is not horrendous. Do you think we could just be seeing, like we could see a peak game from him? Like the, the Falcons are a pretty bad defense. Defense against the pass. But, like, does that make you maybe even more bullish on him going forward? Sure, and, and I'd, so I would call his touchdown number so far six uh, because he does have those two rushing touchdowns. So, like, you know, rushing touchdowns are actually better than passing touchdowns. So I don't think he's run quite as bad as just the four touchdown number suggests. That being said, it's, like, pretty tough in the modern NFL, especially with a coach like Kingsbury, to go, like, what would this be, like a 14-touchdown pace over the course of 16 games? That just doesn't really happen these days unless you're just terrible, like, you know, Eli Manning level bad or something. So... I do think that number will come back up. Um, but, you know, if he runs him in instead, I'm happy to see it. The thing about Murray is that the pr- so the price is cheap. I wouldn't say it's, like, exceedingly cheap, but he's definitely in that range where 
you're going to take him when he's in the value games. And right now, I would call Atlanta. This is this is a good value spot for me. So, and I think the consistency has been there. You know, sometimes with rookie quarterbacks, we can get concerned because you know it's kind of anyone's guess how they'll be from a week to week basis. But as we said many many times, the high floor that comes from running the ball when things break down just puts him you know, firmly in the cash game consideration for me. This game has the second highest uh, over under of the week at 51. The only game higher is the 55 and a half coming out of Houston and KC. So I think people will probably find ways to get some ownership on that game that you're getting big, you're getting more expensive prices on Watson and Mahomes. And so that's kind of why I defer back to Murray. I did again, I do think there's some upside coming here. Ryan, kind of the same thing. Ryan is also in the top six overall scoring quarterbacks this season. Part of that is because they've had to throw so much this season because the defense has been so bad. He has a I think he he might lead the league in attempts. Yeah, he has 156 attempts this season. The next closest guy is Jared Goff at 140. So 16 more attempts than the next closest quarterback in the list. And most guys, he's just like 20 or even 30 more <laughs> passing attempts. Then like it's, the Atlanta defense has been terrible. Like they just can't they can't keep the other offense from scoring, and so they're, they're constantly playing catch up. That might not be the case here. The game suggests that it's a thin spread. I mean, the the, seem the line suggests with a thin spread that it's going to stay close at minus three. So I, I think going either one of these guys gives you a decent amount of safety. I also wrote up Lamar Jackson, mostly just from a, I know he was bad last week with the interceptions. One was not his fault. One was pass interference that just wasn't called against Mark Andrews, and it was a pretty brutal, a pretty brutal non-call. That was one of the interceptions. He still didn't look all that good, but he still, dude, you just get all the rushing yards. Like I, I, I don't know what the t- like. There's he just he runs so much more than the next closest guy. Do you still think there's we're finding value in this? Has the price crept up too much on Lamar Jackson? Cincinnati is. Not the worst defense in the league this season, but that's only because Miami exists. Uh, can you see us kind of trotting Lamar Jackson out here? Sure. I, I continue to believe in the package that Jackson brings to the table. I don't really think anything has fundamentally changed. Phenomenal matchup against Cincinnati. And I think one of the things I've observed about Jackson over the last couple of years is he's definitely a guy that's going to be prone to picking on bad defenses a lot more than when he runs up against a tough one. So, you know, the type of guy who can run it up when the situation is very favorable, kind of like he did against Arizona, you know, where he carried the ball 16 times for 120 yards when he was seeing that it was there, or Miami in week one. I think Cincinnati really is in that territory of, like, the truly bad teams that could just be awful. So I think Jackson comes back with a vengeance here. And I'm happy to get him at a slight reduction in price over last week when he was against probably a tougher defense in Pittsburgh. Real quick, last question for you on uh, quarterbacks. If you saw Deshaun Watson, who's basically the same prices as the guys that I just mentioned, Jackson, Murray, and Matt Ryan. He's been $300 of each of them on, on DraftKings. Uh, and let me just double-check on FanDuel where he lands. I think it's right around the same thing. He's a little bit more expensive. He's 200 more. He's It's actually yeah, he's 200 more than Jackson on FanDuel. And he's like he's significantly more than Murray on fan, on on FanDuel as well. But if you saw like fifty percent ownership on Watson against KC in cash games on DraftKings, let's say, would that be? We always talk about this, like you know, when we get worried about a cash game play if we're not on it. Would that be? A, would that be a number on Watson that you'd be worried about? He again coming off a huge week. I get less concerned about this in cash games, honestly, for quarterbacks, simply because it's tough for my quarterback to be truly terrible if I'm doing my job well. So. You know, Watson, yeah, he like went absolutely off last week. But the prior, rest of the season, I mean, he's got some good games in here and stuff. And, you know, he's got the rushing touchdowns again this year, which you like to see. But I don't know. I'm not, he, he's not a guy that truly terrifies me to that degree where it'd be hard to roll up on Sunday without him in my lineup. 
uh, because, you know, I've seen two weeks where Kyler Murray outscored him, right? So right. if it was like Patrick Mahomes and, you know, like peak Mahomes from last year where he's absolutely popping off and I'm not doing much with the savings elsewhere, then I might be concerned. But as we go through things, I think we'll find that the rest of the positions have fewer good options. And those are the positions where I tend to be a lot more scared to be off the chalk. Like, you know, if I was off the Christian McCaffrey chalk last week, for instance, I would have been uh, much more concerned than I would be going into this week not having Watson. So I'd like to play Watson. Good player. Great matchup. You know, this could be a really back and forth contest. Huge total in this game. And if I'm taking the, say, $700 savings on Murray and bumping up from like a mid-tier running back to Dalvin Cook or, you know, upgrading one of my wide receiver slots, I think that's probably a better use of my dollar this week. All right, I'm going to have you run us through uh, running backs in one second. Got to stop real quick to talk about mybookie.ag. If you are looking to get, they have a bunch of player props. Now, they don't have the player props up yet. I'm going to hopefully they're going to have them. They usually post those on Thursday or Friday. We can roll through some of those props in our game-by-game podcast. Uh, but there are, we talked about a couple bets yesterday that we liked. I'm going to throw out another one real quick. But before you do that, if you're first-time deposit on mybookie.ag, you got to use the promo code OVERTIME. That's O-V-E-R-T-I-M-E, just like the podcast network. We're on the Overtime Podcast Network. Um, and... First-time depositors can get their a deposit bonus match up to $100 uh, on my bookie. So I this line, I cannot believe that San Francisco is getting th- getting three and a half going into the Rams this week. San Francisco has just laid waste to teams so far this year. I get they're coming off a short week, um, and maybe people want to look at their uh, people want to look at their schedule and say it's easy. The run game for them has been unstoppable. They were averaging at one point like 14 yards per carry uh, in that Monday night game, like through the first half, like something sick, like just every single play was just huge chunk of yards. I feel like they've been doing it all year. We talked about this with Matt Breida. We're like, I mean, God, imagine if they gave Matt Breida like 25, like Christian McCaffrey like touches. Uh-huh. This guy would be. Well, we always uh, sit there and we're like, so what, what was going on in the huddle when they were like, all right, Matt has 125 yards on 11 carries. What should we do? Rest them, hey, dude. See what Rasheem's doing. Let's get Rasheem in here. Well, he just does the Rasheem same thing. Hasn't had a turn yet. Tevin Coleman. <laughs> then Tevin Coleman just comes. And now they bring Tevin Coleman back. He just does the same thing with the run game. Anyway, you're getting three and a half points in San Francisco right here on a Rams team that I still think is like sort of publicy in terms of the way people view them as a squad. Uh, so go head over. To, if you like that bet, you go over to mybookie.ag. Use that promo code overtime. You put it in. We'll talk about some more of these bets and some props tomorrow. Mybookie.ag promo code overtime. O v e r t i m e. All right, buddy. Walk me through running backs this week i am i've been last week we i felt like we had a embarrassment of riches in terms of just all these running backs mm. that we could play among the high like almost too many to pay from it's like you know we've cook and zeke and uh, aaron jones and of course mccaffrey walk me through what your thoughts were for running backs because you were the one that kind of focused a little bit more on this position going into the week right on so certainly not the embarrassment of riches that we had last week um i still do think there's a pretty clear pecking order and i actually do think at the end of the day, we're going to wind up feeling pretty confident in our running back selection, even if uh, maybe our chatters <laughs> don't feel as confident. Just because maybe I'm wrong, but I'll start running you through uh, what I'm seeing right now. The clear number one guy in our system right now is Dalvin Cook. Uh, he's coming in. It's still just 8,200 uh, going up against Philadelphia this week. Minnesota's at home. They're three and a half point favorites. They look. It looks for all the world like this will be a game script that can support Cook. And I know this because Minnesota basically hasn't seen a game script that they don't feel like supports giving Cook the ball this season. Uh, right now, the fewest number of attempts he's had in a given game is 21. I had 16 carries and five targets against Oakland. The fewest fantasy points overall he's had on FanDuel, 16 against Chicago in admittedly a tough game, uh, but he still had 22 plays drawn up for him in that game too. So I think Cook is just rock solid in terms of the floor. Basically, 
I would have to imagine a game where they fall behind by like 21 points in the first quarter for Cook to not be involved in at least 20 plays on offense. And when you compare him to the rest of the field here, I think that just puts him in a, a super favorable spot. Uh, the Eagles coming off a huge defensive week against the Jets. Uh, that's all well and good, but I just don't see how they're going to stop the Cook running game or stop it to the degree where they're just going to start leaning on Kirk Cousins, who occasionally they're happy to just give the ball to 10 times a game, right? So I think Cook, when you compare him to the rest of the field here, is just on a different level in terms of floor. And not that he's Christian McCaffrey, but it'd be hard for me to imagine rolling out in cash games without him this week. Yeah, because the other guys in that class is like Zeke. Um, it's been, we haven't really seen it totally from him yet. Jets are actually, well, Philly's a good defense. Jets are actually a top 10 DVOA defense sneakily on the season so far. That's the offense that does them dirty. Like the offense is so bad. Zeke's still a pretty big favorite. Kamara just hasn't gotten the t- overall touches, I don't think. And then you, and then we're going to talk about some of these other guys in the next group down. But that's the top tier. It's the Zeke, Kamara, Cook tier. You like Cook. I think it's a little closer for me between him and Zeke. Uh, it might be something we talk about going into Sunday when we're kind of rolling through with our users uh, where we end up landing. Um, but I, I don't have a definitive take on that right at this point. Now, the next group of guys that you sort of focus on here is the next tier down in pricing. Um, do you think this is where we, and you basically have three guys in this sort of next tier down. Um, is this kind of where you think we end up going? You can roll me through you know, the, the thought process on these guys. Um, not names that we've really seen all the time in cash. We've used a couple of them. Some have seen ownership. Roll me through the next guys that you kind of wrote up. So this next group of guys is one that looks pretty cheap right now, and I can understand why, mostly because the consistency hasn't completely been there in terms of DFS production. But um, the, the thing I'm prioritizing right now is big-time usage on teams when the game script goes in their favor. And I think the poster child for this is sort of Leonard Fournette right now, right? So Fournette, he hasn't been Dalvin Cook exactly when it comes to touches per game, but the fewest touches he's had in any given game was a week one loss to Kansas City where the game script goes totally against them. He still has 19 plays drawn up for him. Since then, he's touched the ball more than 20 times in every single game, including 30 or more times in the last two games. Uh, He's going up this week against New Orleans at home. Uh, This looks to be a close game per Vegas. The total isn't outrageous necessarily, but is Fournette just like, especially with Minshew under center now, doesn't it just feel like Jacksonville knows they're going to give him the ball 25 to 30 times a game and then, you know, kind of let Minshew fill in around the edges? Like, it just seems like when it comes to opportunity, outside of like the actual super good teams, it just seems like Fournette is as locked in as anyone who's not priced 8,000 or more. Yeah, that's uh, that's basically it. Like his he his usage is right there. Uh, I mean, it's not McCaffrey because McCaffrey's just a sort of a class by himself. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to talk about a couple of these other guys that are crazily sort of in there. But in terms of just like his, never leaving the field, I think that is interestingly enough. Like that's Fournette's almost biggest. He's a fine running back, I guess. Like some people don't really like his style, but um, that his biggest superlative basically is that he just doesn't ever come off the field. Like he just, I was just real trying to, I was, while you were talking, I was actually just trying to look up his overall snap numbers compared to like what percentage of snaps he's run on the season. Uh, it's it's really high. I'll get it. I'll get it as we kind of position position into the next guy. But I know that it's basically just been him or bust. So I think that if there's so, at this point in the NFL, there's so much value in that that it's really kind of hard to overstate that you're just not going to lose it. We, we talked about this, we you know, wax sort of like annoyed yesterday when we are talking about guys like Marlon Mack and guys like David Montgomery and all these running backs that are out there that just, yep. they, they just they, it's too easy for them to lose touches. It's too easy for the game, oh, a fumble to go this way or, you know, a bad bounce or something like that, or you just fall down two touchdowns and all of a sudden the usage is gone. 
Fournette's just one of the very few guys that this just doesn't happen with. Even Cook like gets spelled by Madison a lot. I love Cook, and I think he's much better, and that's why we have him ranked higher. But um, it just doesn't happen to Fournette. It's like Fournette, McCaffrey, Le'Veon Bell, we'll talk about him. That's it. Like The list is so small on guys that never get spelled in the offense. Yeah, well, and right, being on the field is great. The team's plan, I think in the case of someone like Cook, they just don't, they're probably smart enough to not give him the ball 30 times. And if he's sure. going to touch the ball 22 to 27 times a game anyway, like I'm okay with him taking a few snaps off. But yeah, Fournette just doesn't seem to be uh, in that category. So 92, um, 92% of the snaps this year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, and so right now, that, too, um, over on Fanshare, they have Fournette as the third most talked about guy in all of football heading into this week uh, using their buzz metric that they have designed via all sorts of fan, uh, fancy machine learning algorithms. And actually, while I mention it, uh, we have a promo code over there, too. If you sign up for Fanshare using promo code DFSR, I don't even think I told you this, but if you use promo code DFSR, you get 20% off a Fanshare subscription. That's pretty cool. So uh, if you want to it's worth it, man. If you're not yeah. if you're not going to use this, the fan share is definitely worth it. I'm I'm look my bookie. I use that. I only really like to talk about things like this that I actually use. Of course, I put yeah. these I put these bets in on my bookie. I know some. I just say that because I know some podcasts don't like they get told to do live reads and stuff like that. Like it just happens to work out for at least for my bookie. That is one of our sponsors, but I have always used that. Uh, fan share is something that we were turned on to. Our boy Chris Terrell used it all last year. We're turned on to it. They reached out to us. It's a phenomenal product. So um, if you're yeah. into if you're into playing GPPs, even cash, understanding these numbers. Uh, is very very important on a week to week basis. Anyway, um, no doubt about it. Well, yeah, you, you, the, I mean the other thing. If anyone, guessed, yeah, if anyone doubts that we uh, that we aren't true to our word when it comes to only advertising things that we believe in, they should just look in our customer service email where there's just an absolute sea of people reaching out to me, being like, "Hey, I'd like to advertise on your site," and then it's like some weird like adult entertainment or you know whatever. Yeah, that was a good and one. We, we yeah. turned those away. So, um, so yeah, moving on. So the other guy you mentioned earlier. And who's actually not getting quite as much buzz outside of DFSR circles anyway is Le'Veon Bell. So uh, Le'Veon Bell, I think this might be one of those hills that we plan to die on this week. Yes, he's because so the, the difference between Bell and Fournette is basically that Fournette has been better recently on a per touch basis, right? So Fournette had all these same concerns after the first couple games of the season, which was that yeah he was touching the ball a lot but the yards per touch were very, very bad, right? And so people were rightfully concerned, like, hey, what does it mean to get 25 touches if you're going to get three yards a touch? That's basically been Bell's situation so far this year. Uh, Yes, he's touching the ball more often than many running backs in the league, I think all except for Christian McCaffrey, as you pointed out yesterday on the podcast. He hasn't done a whole lot with the touches so far. I personally feel as though that can't be sustainable. Yes, the Jets have been a terrible offense for most of the season, but you have to believe that if he was touching the ball this often under a Luke Falk-led offense, that the return of Sam Darnold will at least do something for him, right? And as they're looking at the other skill position players around, that they'll turn to him and be like, hey, dude, we're paying you all this money. <laughs> like, I, think it's, I think it's time. You know, Let's throw you the ball and help you make some magic happen. Uh, especially like it on DraftKings. Uh, the, so the fewest targets he's had in a game was the absolutely ridiculous game against New England. Other than that, he's had nine targets in each of the three other games in 10 against Cleveland. So I think Bell actually has quite a decent floor here against, you know, essentially a league average Dallas defense. Vegas sees this obviously going Dallas's way, but not like outrageously so, right? Like an eight and a half point spread is a lot. Actually, it's seven and a half now. A seven and a half point spread is a lot, but it's not like Vegas projects the Cowboys to be up 
25 going into the fourth quarter, right? So I don't know. It doesn't know. matter, think, though. Here's the thing. It doesn't matter. Like, this is like he's one of well, the it guys. It matters a little bit, I think. But yes, because, yes, ultimately he's gotten a lot of touches. But if the Jets are close, like, I think I think Bell is capable of those 30-plus touch games like Fournette has had. They just haven't really been in a spot where it would have mattered to do that. I think if they can keep a game reasonably close with Darnold under center, that's when you can see the, the absolutely outrageous explosive Bell game. Yeah, look, the offensive line stinks. The offense stinks. It's all I, I get all this part of it. I, this is not this is not news. There's a reason his average yards per carry is really bad. And when you're talking in this price tier for a guy that's that's second most touches, I think at some point you just reach a point where you just say the touches are enough. Let's just see what happens. Uh, that's how, that's kind of how I'm leaning with Bell. He's in 100% of our DraftKings lineups right now. I do not think it's going to change. Um, and I think I'm going to be able to stomach it, which I never thought that would be the case. Uh, <laughs> real, real quick, David Johnson take here. Um, he was the last guy wrote up then we'll roll quickly through uh wide receivers um I, the wide receivers is kind of cut and dry to me but uh t- david johnson are we concerned about the health at all um he was a pretty chalk play he was like i don't know 60 70 in cash games on Fanduel last week maybe higher 80 percent. he was really highly owned do you think we see another week like that for david, dj if he's if he's healthy oh uh, yeah you'll have to monitor the back situation uh reports are that it was locking up against cincinnati uh but he was excellent on a per touch basis against the Bengals. so I think that you can absolutely, like if he comes back, he practices in full this week and goes in against plays Atlanta in a game with as high a total as it has here. I think you could see, like I think people will be a lot happier to play him over Le'Veon Bell. And that might be a discussion that we wind up having uh, because, you know, there is probably a little bit more of a track record here and you probably believe in the offensive pieces around him more. But the back locking up last week, that's one of those ambiguous injuries where it can kind of come and go and all of a sudden you play two series and your day is over. So keep an eye on the injury stuff for sure. Uh, Atlanta is what some people in the industry call a funnel defense. I forget who coined that phrase, but they're just terrible at Me. one thing in grit. And these, I know it wasn't you. They're thirtieth in de- <laughs> they're they're thirtieth in DVOA against the run and seventh against the pass, and that's including last week's Deshaun Watson thing. So um, they are just significant. They're, and they're a bottom. They're twenty seventh in the league in DVOA. They're, they've been significantly worse against the run than they have against the pass. Now I know DJ's like half a wide receiver at this point um, in this Arizona offense, but just kind of worth mentioning. All right, let's roll through some of these receivers. Cooper Cup um, is just, I don't know what you say, like the targets are, we talked about this with Keenan Allen, and it kind of actually came and went as quickly as we talked about him when he was just so far ahead of the rest of the group in terms of targets. Cooper Cup is just now that guy's eight targets ahead of the next closest guy. Brandon Cooks is in the concussion protocol right now. Unclear if um, he's going to be cleared in time for this game. Not sure that affects Cup that much, only because I don't think there's much more distance for the, the ceilings to go any higher excuse me the targets to go any higher on the ceiling so i don't know if i project him for a lot more targets but that's fine because like the median target share that he's seen so far this season is plenty to get him into cash games um do we just see him now as the safest receiver on the board uh, just because of what he's done so far this season not a phenomenal matchup against uh against san fran against san fran here they have a pretty good secondary yeah still the best mat the best receiver in terms of floor for me and it's not even particularly close I mean listen we've talked about this many times in the past when you look at the guys early in the season who are the absolute top of the leaderboard in whatever category chances are good that they had to get lucky and be good and cup is no exception to that like I like if he ends the season with 12 to 15 targets a game it will be historic so I always err on the side of the fact that we're probably not going to wind up seeing history. Like, I think I texted you at the beginning of the baseball season telling you that Chris Davis was on pace for 81 home runs or something like that. Right. Chris Davis from the A's, by the way. Um, and it didn't happen, you know. So I think targets are a little bit different because people make a decision for those. Like, you can't ultimately just keep deciding to throw to the same guy. 
but there are extenuating circumstances. You know, eventually opposing teams will double a guy or, you know, shift on over. Maybe they had better corners on Woods and Cooks and now they shifted over to Cup. So all that to say, I don't know that he'll sustain a 15 target, 120 yard a game pace, you know, with a touchdown and a half thrown in the mix. But he honestly doesn't need to because he's not priced like one of the top receivers in the league. So if he settles back in to nine to 10 targets a game, he's still an excellent play on these prices. And anything else you've seen is just upside from my perspective. So yeah, Cup is sort of an automatic play for me at these prices. Matchup doesn't really matter too much because again, opposing teams can have good secondaries, but you ultimately still have to pick who you're going to not put your best people on, right? And so uh, I don't see teams changing their game plan anytime too soon. And yeah, for that reason, I'm definitely down with playing Cup this week. One of the reasons our system doesn't mind paying down for some of those running backs like Le'Veon Bell, like Leonard Fournette, like David Johnson is because playing guys like Cup and guys like Michael Thomas uh, do continue to seem like they're just giving you such a high floor. Thomas has eight fewer targets this season than Cup and yet has four more receptions. That's because he's been converting his targets at an 82% pace, which is just nuts. Uh, Like... I the the highest in the league is Tyler Lockett at 83 percent but again Michael Thomas has 20 more targets than these guys like no one else is really on on the between the targets and just the overall percentage no one's really close to him coming off a big week so I kind of hate when we do this I kind of hate when this happens come off a big week play this guy in cash games they'll all say look we played him in his big week last week when not not as many people were on him Um, do you think we see a a Thomas is Thomas just worth it at these prices he is trending toward the very top now I think absolutely. Uh, yes, his price is going up, but it's not. It, so his price increased by about 500. But the security you're getting in Thomas cuts both ways. So not only is he getting tons of targets, but he's also extremely secure on the targets that he does get, right? So uh, his, and like you talked about the fact that uh, Lockett has a higher conversion percentage this year, but Thomas was insane last year as well. So it's not yeah. like we can look at this and complain about sample size. You want to compare that to someone like Amari Cooper, uh, who's having an excellent season in terms of fantasy production, but doesn't have the same track record of being a high conversion guy. Uh, Cooper's uh, conversions have gotten better this season, but you know, for these deep threat guys, that can come and go in a whim. We just saw Mike Evans put up a zero week, right? And the thing about Thomas and Cup is that they're just not going to give you a zero, famous last words. But it would be so much harder for guys like that. Like when we're looking at these absolutely top-tier high-priced guys, for cash games, people like Cup and Thomas are exactly where we want to be because if their floor is something like 12 to 15 fantasy points, that's just going to be put you in such a better position that even someone like Cooper, who coming off the highest scoring week, put up seven fantasy points against New Orleans the prior week, right? So yeah, I'm all over Thomas and Cup. I think that's also what feeds my inclination to want to go cheaper at running back this week too because I think if I can get the most targets, like if I can go into a cash game week and just sight unseen, if all I know is... I'm going to have the most carries and targets between my running back and wide receivers of anyone in my double up contest, then I feel like I'm doing something right. And yeah, matchup matters and all these other things matter. But at the end of the day, opportunity trumps everything in football. So uh, I'm down. I'm, I'm certainly excited to play both of these guys this week. Yeah, look, we could end up being against the chalk. I think people are going to find a reason to play Julio Jones here at 8,500 against Arizona. Uh, I think they're going to find after after that Will Fuller game last week. I think, excuse me, they, that not the Will Fuller, the Tyler Boyd game, and Arizona just has given up, um, you know, stuff through the air. I, I'm with you. Give me the targets. I, give me these. Give me Thomas and Cup. And if it's wrong for a week, it's wrong. But just the track record is too strong here. You mentioned well, so one Cooper. funny guy to, and pushing the other way. Uh, DJ Shark is a guy who's getting tons and tons of buzz right now. He's like a classic example of a guy who I'd rather not play in cash games. Because if I compare him against, say, Le'Veon Bell, similar price tier, and for your flex spot, you might be making a decision like that. 
it's not even close for me. Yeah, Bell doesn't have any of those explosive games just yet. But if you want to have a candidate of a guy who's put up absolutely huge weeks, who could score a zero one week, DJ Shark would be the first guy that comes to mind. Yeah, like, uh, you know, his target share is fine, 11, 8, 5, 9, 4. Okay, that's good. Like, he's had three pretty good, like, weeks that I wouldn't want to kill myself. Like, if I had him. I, I, and look, I, he's put up some crazy yards. Like, he went 4 for 4 for 146 in, the, in a touchdown in the first game. Uh, it's just not sustainable as far as I'm concerned. So, that's a fine play, but I just, it's not a guy that I probably want to run out there uh, in cash games. Let me just roll through a couple of these guys, other guys really quickly. I did write up Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald. This was kind of like an if this, then that, or maybe both situation. Kirk did not play last week. If Kirk did not play, I'd happily roll back Fitzgerald in cash games. If Kirk does play, I'd, I'd happily play Kirk in cash games at these prices at 56 and 5,200. He had been the highest targeted guy on that team before going down last week. So this is a situation I kind of want to monitor. Also, I guess the David Johnson piece factors into these guys as well in terms of targets because Johnson does get a lot. So that's a, just an injury situation to monitor. Our system also really calling out Michael Gallup here. He came back out of in, off the injury list last week and looked no worse for wear. He put up a huge game. He's, his target share is right up there with the market Coopers in this offense when they're when they're both playing healthy, uh, and he's much cheaper than Cooper with arguably as much or more upside than Cooper, like just the way they've used him sort of down the field. So uh, right now, uh, excuse me, Gallup is in I think 100% of our cash games right now against a terrible Jet secondary. Like these Cooper is going to see some ownership too because these guys are brutal. Finish us off with some tight ends and some defenses before we get out of here. We will be back for the game by game podcast tomorrow. Yeah, I think we wind up leaving defenses to the game by game podcast because, well, we we can touch on it slightly, but yeah, defense defensive no, just discussions. Save, you know, save save that one, save that one for tomorrow. Just roll us through some tight ends. Yeah, because there's there's tons of defenses we could discuss, but uh, tight end. I think you know we mentioned this yesterday on the recap podcast for week five, but uh, tight end is just like if running back was an embarrassment of riches, tight end is just sort of an embarrassment. Uh, there really haven't been any high floor guys on a points per dollar basis just that have consistently done it from week to week. Travis Kelsey is, interestingly enough, the highest buzz guy on Fanshare right now. Now, naturally, they're talking about big tournaments, but I find that to be, like, sort of fascinating to me. I mean, I get that the game has a high total. I get that Watkins, you know, he missed last week. But are you seeing it with Kelsey? Because, sure, 10 targets last week, that's all well and good. He's been an abominable, abominable fantasy play almost every single game you could have played him this season. And I just, I think it's... It's not that it's over. I'm sure he'll have plenty of big weeks going forward. But can you imagine a world where we allocate that extra thousand dollars to go up from various guys who have just been better than him this season to play Kelsey? This is where people make the mistake is that they don't want to play these other guys down at the bottom, not realizing that this is money. This is money better spent on the rest of your lineup. Right. This is where almost always you just have to punt it away. Like I, we did it last year. It felt like we were getting away from it this year, and we just aren't. Um, and so I get the part where people want to play Kelsey. It makes sense to me, but not at 7,500. Like 7,500 on FanDuel, he just doesn't – you can name like six receivers that are just better than this at the price point. And, get, and guess what? The salary hall matters in the end. Like you need to use the same amount of salary as everybody else. And you're just not getting enough savings in the other spots uh, that you can just get a tight end. And yes, it doesn't feel great. And yes, you're kind of just sort of wanting to luck box your way into a touchdown on some of these guys. Uh, and still, I do not – want to go overboard with Kelsey. I'm also just worried, too, that, like, if they don't get Tyreek Hill back and Watkins is hurt, like, defenses just understand that Kelsey's good, too. Like, what do you do? Like, <laughs> right. I, like it's not like this isn't lost on them. It's not like they're going to be like, well, now we'll just double cover, like, Pringle on the outside. Like, this is just not what's going to happen. I think this is part, <laughs> I think this is probably part of the problem, too, is that as they lose weapons and weapons, we realize that right. 
you know, you just at some point you just can't, I know Mahomes is great, and at some point you just can't keep losing all your best receivers, you know, and, and have running, running, back, backs running backs too, too right? Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah, anyway, so, all right. No, I'm with you. And, and, and just to, to give you that frame of reference on the difference in price, it, it would be like if you decided to go up for Kelsey instead of playing one of the next guys, it's like in exchange, you'll have to go down from, say, like Cooper Cup to Jarvis Landry or Michael Thomas to Adam Thielen or, you know, and, and the list right. goes on. Right. And I think you're going to be a lot less comfortable with where you have to pay down elsewhere. And don't talk yourself into it because you might not like these other names. So these other names for you, uh, Austin Hooper. Uh, he's having a, a decent little run at tight end this season. He hasn't been a guy that's necessarily lit it up in the past, but right now he's currently fourth overall in targets among tight ends. Uh, he's somehow exactly tied with Evan Ingram uh, for the most DraftKings points, which I find incredible that they could be exactly tied. I just think that's so neat. Um, and in the last two weeks, he has 20 targets. So I think he's just bringing a, a really high floor right now. He's not the cheapest tight end on the board, but uh, when you compare him to some of the other options, at the position this week, I think he's a pretty favorable one because uh, you know the aforementioned Evan Ingram uh, not on the slate. Uh, you you know some people might talk themselves into say like Will Disley at a similar price point, but um, I just think Cooper he's just bringing it from a week to week basis in a way that I don't think any of these other guys are right now. Yeah, uh, Ingram one less catch but ten more yards, and that's your that's your one point difference. Or that's that's where that's they it. swapped out the one point. All right, we're gonna get out of here. We'll be back game by game podcast. Oh, I, I have one more tight end, buddy. Oh, trying to go, race go, out go. Of me here. Yeah. <laughs> so a guy that, that popped up last week, I mean, you mentioned that Cooks was in the concussion protocol. Uh, Gerald Everett. Uh, Everett, he... So th- there's a lot of weird stuff going on with the Rams, and probably we should have mentioned this when we were discussing Cups total targets as well. But my general feeling about the Rams is that it's going to be pretty tough for them to throw as often as they have thrown. Uh, in the last two weeks, the Rams have thrown 117 passes. That's not... A mistake that's how many passes they've thrown that's just so many passes so when you see a guy like Everett amassing 19 targets over the course of those two weeks you can probably you, you should probably temper your expectation a little bit so for instance I think Austin Hooper probably a much more sustainable yeah I know Matt Ryan's throwing the ball even more often but that's just kind of been how the Falcons have been inclined to play I don't know that the Rams are going to be in a position where it's just like an absolute shootout with San Francisco like I, I suspect this game will be quite a bit grindier so I don't think Goff is going to be able to throw that many passes that being said if Cooks is out of the game Everett is cheaper than Hooper uh, he still is getting plenty of targets and he's been effective on the targets he has gotten. So uh, I think I, I would go with Hooper on draft or on FanDuel rather, but on DraftKings where you can save fourteen hundred by going from Hooper down to Everett, I do think he's a reasonable play over there. Yep, and I agree with basically everything you said there. And I am I'm probably with you that I'm a little concerned, just like not totally understanding what the Rams' plan is going forward, or like what is sustainable uh, in terms of their overall offense. We can get into that a little bit more with the game by game podcast. Am I good to get? Am I good to do the outro here, buddy? We Fine, good? go. Yeah, uh, you, right, you, you want to race out of here? I get it. Go ahead. I don't want to race. I know you got to get home. <laughs> All right, dailyfantasysportsrankings.com is the site. dfsr.com slash deals. I think right now it's going to get you a full season, get you the rest of the season. NFL for eighty two dollars is a ridiculous deal. You have to scoop this up if you haven't been, uh, if you haven't gotten a subscription to our premium product yet. You're not going to find a better deal than this. It covers all every sport that's in season uh, for Fanduel and DraftKings. That's right now it's NFL, still baseball grinding through the playoffs. NHL, our boy Chris is crushing it on that, and NBA just a few weeks away. So that's all in the one subscription package. 
you're not you're buying for the rest of the football season, but you're getting every sport with it. So DFSR.com slash deals. Rate and review the podcast. Always much appreciated. Been seeing the podcast numbers go up week to week, uh, which is always just so encouraging this far in to see these numbers still going up. Uh, always put some wind in my sails, buddy. All right, we'll be back again tomorrow. Game by game podcast. Buddy, get home to that beautiful family of yours with the where the power's out. <laughs> All right, man.